Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. Did you miss us last week? Things came up, and we needed to reschedule our chat with Mort Nace, but that happens. We did get to see him at Mighty Sneaker this weekend, though, as the event kicked off the Trail Runner of the Year series. We're going to dive into that race a little bit today, um, but you can check out the results of the race and the first rankings of the Troy series over at trailsrock.org. Today, though, is National Storytelling Day, and we are really excited to be joined by Shay Coleman, a brand new board member here at Trails Rock. We're going to talk about what got Shay into running, what other organizations she's working with right now, and why we think storytelling is such an important aspect of our sport. From articles to videos to podcasts to all of the stories told during long runs while we run through the woods, we try to cover it all. So there you go. Let's welcome Shay. And happy National Storytelling Day. And we're back. All right. We are excited this week to be back and with our friend, Shay Holman. And I think if you've been around any sort of endurance event in our area, you probably have seen Shay run into Shay um, because she is there either volunteering or racing herself. So Shay, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yeah. So we thought we would kick off today's episode just talking a little bit about all of those different organizations that you are part of um, because you really are everywhere. Like I feel like you're just involved in everything, which is awesome. So what organizations are you a part of? Currently, I'm on the board for Greater Rochester Track Club. I am a trustee slash race director for the Blue Foundation. And most recently, I joined the Trails Rock board. And I also just recently stepped down from the board at um, the Rochester Area Triathletes. I served with them for a couple of years as well. So obviously your favorite is trail running. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> is, it, is it your favorite? It is my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Um, you also have done a lot of orienteering races. Yeah. Yeah. I got into adventure racing a couple years ago and I've had um, a lot of fun doing that. That's one of those sports that you really have to find a lot of time to dedicate for the multiple disciplines. Um, it's pretty much all off-road, which obviously I love, right. but there's some form of paddling um, you're on your feet and then biking, which is usually mountain biking. So there's a lot of skills to, and um, it's all map and compass orientation. There's no marked course or anything. You have to find your own way through the woods, um, through trails. So it's a, a different challenge and it takes a lot of um, training and concentration to be able to complete, complete an adventure race. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, do you typically with adventure races, do you typically compete with a team or do you compete individually or it just kind of depends on the most so adventure racing is done by time they give you a certain amount of time to find checkpoints and they have different stages like your first stage might be trekking and they say you should probably spend six to eight hours on this stage and then your next stage will be say paddling mm -hmm. and they give you a time estimate to be able to complete that stage and then biking and so forth and so on so the shortest adventure race i've done was six hours um, and that had like one or two stages of each and then um, they have them anywhere from 12 hours to 24 hours to 32 hours or expedition races, which are multiple day, three to five day um, expedition races. 
So it's a lot of time management. They do have cutoffs. If you don't make it to a certain checkpoint at, by a certain time, then they might either advance you and have you an, as be an unofficial finisher, or you might um, get pulled from the race. So I forget where we were going with that. No, I think <laughs> just talking about yeah. adventure racing in general. I think yeah. it's um, it's a sport that's grown in popularity, but not necessarily locally. And I think it's, you know, there's not a lot of options. You usually have to go somewhere for a race. Yeah, you need a really unique geographical outlier mm-hmm. for these adventure races. You have to be able to have an area where you can track, you know, somewhere you can set up an orienteering course and then someplace that you can bike to, to yeah. paddle. You, the biking is the main form of transportation because if you're going, you know, 20 miles from the trekking stage to the paddling stage, biking is the best way to do it. There's absolutely no transportation like you don't ever get on a bus or in a car once you start the race so if you have to go 16 miles you're probably going to be on a bike right so you have to find an area that's diverse that enough yeah that. yeah where you can track safely bike paddle and then you have to be able to stage boats for the paddle and things like that or they use pack rafts which you then have to pick up and carry so there's a lot of logistical planning that goes into setting up an adventure race so it's, it could be done around here, probably a shorter one, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but that's why they're all over the country, all over the world. Um, right. There's a lot in Pennsylvania. There's a lot down the East Coast, um, Vermont, Maine, Michigan actually has a lot of adventure races because they've got a lot of lakes and things like that and some good areas and obviously out West too. Um, there's a few in Canada. And from what I've heard, the ones in Canada are really rugged. Um, the bike courses it's kind of a generous term. Um, I've heard of people <laughs> like you may end up carrying your bike for a few miles. A little, through, a like, waist bike. Deep, yeah. Through waist deep mud. <laughs> so yeah, it's, and it's one of those things like, you know, you come to a stream crossing on your bike, you just look at your teammates like, okay, who wants to go first, pass the bikes along. There's never any question of like, are we going to do this? It's right, how we're going right. to do this, which I think is a really cool mindset to have. And like, I've only competed with all female teams. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, me and, a few women usually more experienced than me, some equally experienced as me. And we just sort of work it out and like, okay, next time we have to cross the stream as a team, how would we do it best? <laughs> so it's kind of, it's really fun. You're just out there, you on a team. Um, but yeah, you asked about doing it as a team versus individually. Yeah, Most of them will allow solos if you can prove your experience enough mm. because it does get dangerous if you're out on like a 24 hour adventure race by yourself. By yourself. Right. You're not allowed to have a cell phone unless it's like an absolute emergency, like they give you a sealed container to put your cell phone in. So it's turned off and with you. Um, But a lot of these areas don't have cell service anyway, right? So even if like you, you know, fall off a mountain in Pennsylvania and break your leg, (laughs) no, you know, the trackers don't work. No one's going to know where you are. So that's one reason most of them require teams is for safety. So it's usually two, three or four person teams, or if you can prove that you're experienced, they might let you do it as a solo, but you know, they wouldn't let me go out as a solo competitor because I haven't been doing it long enough. Right. So. I think it's a really, I think it's a cool sport. It's like a nice way to like combine a lot of different things that people do. And Outdoors, so like, yeah. yeah. And if, so if you have a team, it's like, you know, I, I talked with more a little bit about adventure racing and it's like, sometimes you got to have people with different skill sets, right? Someone that is just really good at navigation, someone that is just going to, carry stuff and just the mule you know just they don't care about how much stuff is on their back and then you know you need a person that's going to have a good attitude the whole time because the team might get into a funk so it's it's a pretty interesting sport 
Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And the navigator is definitely a key person. <laughs> the longer races, it's good to have a backup navigator yeah. because your navigator gets tired. You know, it's right. exhausting to navigate a map, especially when it gets dark out. So it's good to have a solid navigator and then a backup navigator who can help them out or give yeah. them a break when they need it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. So how did you first start out trail running? Trail running. So that Or is... just in general. I mean, because you do all of these... <laughs> different disciplines, I guess you would call them, right? Like all these different disciplines. Um, so how did you kind of get into all of this? So I wasn't one of those people that grew up loving running. I tried <laughs> cross country in high school and I did like one season, but I wasn't really competitive and I wasn't fast. And the school I went to was pretty competitive and pretty fast. So it wasn't really for me. <laughs> um, I did do track and I thought track was fun, but I would do like you know, the long jump and, you know, 400 meter hurdles and stuff mm -hmm. that weren't too serious because it was more like social and exercise and like that type of thing. 400 meter hurdles is pretty <laughs> serious, but okay. So I, after high school, I really didn't run much. Mm -hmm. um, I was always kind of active. Um, mm -hmm. I took martial arts when I was younger and I was doing a lot of kickboxing and I realized that I kind of plateaued. Like I'd go kickboxing three days a week and, you know, didn't, feel like it, I was getting much benefit from it was still fun. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like a challenging workout. Mm -hmm. And I thought about running because running's always been really hard for me. <laughs> so I'm like, I know I'll, I'll start to run. So I'd start, you know, walk running. I got a treadmill, you know, run on the treadmill. I eventually moved it outside, started doing five Ks. And then, um, I remember I signed up for the um, fall Rochester Tearing Club mm. back in 2012, they had a 5K in the old course. Oh, yeah. So I did. I the, always forget that that used to be. Yeah. It was the thing. year I did it was one of the last years, and then they changed it to the new course where okay. it starts at Stewart Lodge instead of yeah. that little lodge that off little of Canfield Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I did the 5K, and that was my first trail 5K. Yeah. And I didn't really think much different. I was just like, okay, well, I'm running, and now I'm running on the trails. And, yeah. It was really fun. So I gravitated more towards trails and I would do like, you know, the snowshoe races in the winter and stuff like that. And, you know, you meet people and make friends and realize yeah. that there's all these other crazy people out there that <laughs> like to run trails and you make a couple friends that want to meet up on Saturdays and run trails with you. And, right. you know, they talk you into, you know, half marathons and marathons and eventually ultras. And one of my favorite things about the the running community in general, but trail running is, is what we're traditionally talking about. It's just the people mm -hmm. that you meet and like, you can just, it's just fun. There's just, everybody seems so much more welcoming and everybody wants to get to know each other. And it's, it's pretty cool to like say, Hey, I, I did this like 5k thing. And then all of a sudden I had friends. <laughs> it's like, yeah. where'd they come from? Well, and I think, you know, like you were saying with adventure racing, um, and I feel the same way about trail running. It's like, you're part of a, team almost even though you're not but like yeah. you know there's just this community of people and and everybody's kind of cheering for each other and everybody's there together um yeah that was one thing I really enjoyed about the sense of community like mm -hmm. if you didn't win people still cheered for you if yeah. you came in last right. people still cheered for you yeah. and like even if you you know look like you were about to die people are still there yeah. encouraging <laughs> you and telling you to keep going and giving you water and yeah. everything else that you might need so that yeah like everyone just you know recognizing that this was a good accomplishment for you and not making you feel bad not putting you down i think that's one of the things that 
I, I hate because sometimes I get into this like road runners versus trail runners, but it is one thing that is like a distinct difference in the trail running community is that the the winners tend to sort of like stick around in the trail yeah. running community. So I, I talk about Cayuga. There was, was a year. Say, it yeah. was this beautiful year. I remember this beautiful like night going into the evening. It's a 50 mile race. And there was maybe 10 people left on the course and both the male and female winners of the USATF championship were still just like hanging out in the grass, like having drinks, eating snacks, like chatting, everybody chatting with everybody. And then I think like I go to run like, you know, like a, a local road 10K or something. And, and the winners are, you know, doing a cool down backwards on the course and then they leave. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, I hate that because it's, just it's, a, different vibe. it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. It's like. I just love that everybody getting together and just sort of being there, you know, like you said, cheering for everybody. And it's like, Hey, everybody had the same accomplishment today. somewhere just in a different pace. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's a great thing about the trail community. And I actually remember when you guys started money on the Jenny and reading some of the race reports from the top finishers, and they had the same low points at the same part of the race that I did. And right. I was like, wow, we're all human. This is so cool. Yeah. Like you cried at mile 25 too. Yeah, right. Um, so you recently joined the Trails Rock board and we just wanted to talk a little bit about your role with us and how you or why you decided to join the board. So can you tell us what you do for Trails Rock? So I'm a board member. Yep. Um, I go to meetings. And I think my official position is um, sort of helping Todd with trail work and mm -hmm. being his backup and that type of thing, which I'm really excited about because I'm guilty of not doing as much trail work as I should. I'm one of those people that's like, ooh, should I go to that? And I feel like this role is going to push me into that a little bit more and be more aware of what that's like. And I am guilty. I missed the last couple trail work days, but I have the rest coming up and I'm going to make a solid effort to be there and do what I can to help out. Um, and it's just it's so cool to like go and, you know, watch trails get built in Letchworth mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, go to Black Creek and look at the boardwalks that have been put in by Trails Rock and just that sense of sort of responsibility for, yeah, we love the trails, but we also help keep the trails going. And it makes you more aware, like when I run at Menden and I see like the trail erosion, mm -hmm. I think about that more and I'm like, you know, this trail starts like, you know, single track and then it goes to like you know the size of a highway and then it goes back to single track because no one wants to go through the mud right and you think of like well, what can we do to make this better so there isn't as much mud there or so that people will go straight and stay on the trail mm -hmm. so that's kind of a neat perspective to have yes you can Menden is like a perfect example of of looking at like trail overuse or like trail misuse Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, these spots that just turn into these like highways, it's like, holy cow, you can, you could drive here right now if you, if you wanted to, as opposed to this, what used to be at one point, some beautiful single track. It's, uh, it's interesting. Next week, we're going to um, talk with Todd um, on trail work stuff. So we'll be talking about like what goes into even getting approval for that, like, the Letchworth Trail took so many different levels. So I'm pretty steps. excited to like share all of that with people because I think a lot of folks just don't have any, you know, real concept of where the trails even come from. Yeah. So, they're just there. Yeah. Magic. Some of them, right? Because some of them used to be game trails. Yeah. Um, or like if you're they've been there for if you're a very running, long you know, many on the Jenny, when you go down to that mm -hmm. first stream crossing. That actually that trail has been there for a long time because it's actually a native trail. 
that they oh, use wow. as a as a source to get water oh, from the outlet from from the lake and so like that trail we're, we're literally taking footpaths from the indigenous people that lived there before so it's like a really you you know if you can learn the history of the trails that you're on it's pretty neat so like knowing who built it or who was there first or how did it come along that stuff is pretty neat mm -hmm. so. yeah yeah that is neat and it gives you a new appreciation a new appreciation for trails if you ever bushwhack and just realize <laughs> yeah. like um i'm thinking of like a frost town at cummings nature center there's a section that's off trail yeah. it's really cool it's beautiful it's a lot of fun um but someone described it as um like bubbles or I think they called it like baby heads <laughs> in, <laughs> in the woods. And it's like those little mounds of moss and mm. you can't really run over them. And it makes right. you like realize how much goes into actually making and establishing a trail mm -hmm. that you can run on. And, you know, you always have to watch for roots and rocks, but it, it's a runnable trail. Right. You know, it's something that many feet have packed down versus if you just go pick a direction in the woods and try to run, you know, you're going to get stuck in a divot, you're going to yeah. trip, yeah. you're going to get branches to the face, you're yeah. going to get cut up and bloodied and yeah, it's there's a, a lot different. of work that goes into it. Yeah, it's yeah. not just cutting through the woods. And then you got to keep it right because nature will always come Try back. Try to take it back. Yeah. Man. There's a road in Durand, uh, sun, sun, sunset horseshoe. horseshoe. Yeah, it's um, used it's to closed. be a road. Yeah, it's close to traffic now. And every year I look and see how much less of the road exists as like a layer of moss and then a little a little tree sticks up and then some grass. It's really neat to see it. Like just we're taking this back. Yeah. So. so we are very excited to have you as part of the board and helping out with trail work and helping out with all of the other things that you do. Um, this past weekend, you were participating in some races. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that because the first race of our Troy series, our Trail Runner of the Year series, um, kicked off on Saturday with Muddy Sneaker. And you raced Sneaker and then followed it up with Seneca 7 on Sunday. So tell us a little bit about how the weekend went. Yeah, so there's a handful of us that did both races and we refer to it as the Muddy 7. <laughs> so you do the Muddy Sneaker on Saturday and then get up nice and early and run around Seneca Lake with the team on Sunday. Which is perfect. So it was fun. Um, a couple years ago when the races were recovering from the pandemic, we had a Muddy Breadsticks weekend <laughs> when Muddy Sneaker was allowed to come back and they scheduled it in the fall. Mm -hmm. So we did Muddy Sneaker on Saturday and it happened to be the same weekend as um, Rochester Running Company's Unlimited Breadsticks on the Seneca Trail. <laughs> so it was a very hilly 20K and then say, yeah. <laughs> a trail half marathon. So this was sort of like part two of a Muddy weekend with Muddy, uh, muddy 7. So yeah. Um, so how did your races go? The... <laughs> The road race went better than the trail race. Oh. Um, yeah, so high tour is awesome. Like the things that made that race great were all there. Mm -hmm. The weather was beautiful. The muddy spots were just muddy enough. <laughs> um, the people were great. It's great to see so many friends. You know, mm -hmm. we saw Eric and some of the trail drop people at the aid station and mm -hmm. a lot of the goose people out at the aid stations. Um, it's just you know, you run into some internal things like little <laughs> aches and pains here. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to push as hard up this hill because I've got a big day tomorrow. Right. So personally, my time isn't, it wasn't close to my PR for that course. But when I look back and think of how I didn't hurt as bad at the end, I'm not really sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, so the Muddy Sneaker is uh, a 20K trail race. It's a mix of single track and um, like, like um, logging roads. Right, yeah. Um, down in the High Tor Wilderness area near the Finger Lakes in New York, and um, 
It has a hill, like you said. I'm like at the edge. So there is what it's about a mile long. Yes. And it comes up from the creek all the way up the ridge line, and it's um, it's nicknamed the demoralizer. So what yeah. was that like? Um, so I've done that race and done that course so many times that it's kind of comforting when I get to the demoralizer because I know that's all <laughs> I have left to do. I'm like, okay. It starts out pretty steep and technical. There's a lot of roots and rocks. Mm -hmm. um, so you climb up that and then there's a false summit. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go up some more and then it kind of plateaus out for a little bit. And you've got a nice view of, I think, is that, Con which gully is that? Conklin's That's gully. Conklin's gully. So you've got a nice view of Conklin's gully and Angel Falls across from it. Um, and then it keeps going up, but it becomes more of like a grassy, um, like logging trail, like we were talking about. So it's, I just it was a power hike for me that day. I was like, okay, I'm no, I'm not going to run this. I'm just going to power hike the best yeah. that I can and enjoy it. You know, yeah. a few few motivated people caught up to me and we chatted and I was chatting with some people at the finish line that all sort of came in close to each other. And they, they each had the same goal. It was like, try to catch the person in front of me and try not to get caught by the one person behind me. And everybody was doing the same thing. And they just sort of moved up the hill <laughs> in the exact same spot they were in. And they're like, the hill was so long and I never made up any ground. And I'm like, but you didn't lose any ground. And because once you get out of that like technical section, you can see pretty far up that hill. Yeah. Which yeah. Sometimes it's great because you could use it as a motivation. Like, Hey, I'll, I'm going to, chase that person, person. Right. also it can suck if you're tired because you're like oh my god there's so far to go yeah. it's yeah. a really big hill yeah i remember i've only done that race one time and i remember like getting to the bottom of it and looking at my watch and being like oh wow i'm doing really well like i'm gonna have a great time <laughs> and by the time i got to the finish i was like oh boy <laughs> like, yeah you, wow. you don't think like the last mile is gonna take you 30 minutes yeah but sometimes exactly. it does. yeah, yeah. I love it. It's it's um it's the perfect race to kick off the Trail Runner of the Year series because mm -hmm. it really does have a little bit of everything. So it's got big long downhills, huge uphills, single track, like you were saying, mud. It's got the logging roads. It's got a creek crossing in there, and then it's just got some really beautiful um, scenery. So mm -hmm. um, and it's been going on for a long time. I think this was maybe year twenty four. That sounds right. Yeah. So it's it's been a staple in the area for a long time. And then there's food at the finish. Everybody gets a water bottle, mm -hmm. like the, the nice nail jean bottles. And it's like you see them all over the place. Like yeah. if, if a group of trial runners get together, you're like, oh, no, who's, who's water bottle? <laughs> who's got the 2018 bottle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff Macbeth and his family kept leaving them places by mistake. And then people would be like, oh, Jeff left this in my house. And then they ended up with more than they started with. Because yeah. people were just like, here's your water bottle. And he's like, oh, I already got one back from another place. <laughs> so so that's kind of Muddy Sneaker, and it, and it kicks off. So we've got um, the results are up for that uh, on uh, Ultra Sign Up. And also, that is the first race of the Troy Series. So we've scored that out. So people can head to the website and check out where they rank in the um, in the beginning of the Trail Runner of the Year series. So the first rankings are out. We have six races to go. So, But then you ran Seneca 7. Yeah. So what's Seneca 7 all about for people that might not know? So Seneca 7 is a relay event. And the premise is you have a team of seven people. And you run the perimeter of Seneca Lake, which is 77.7 .7 miles. So they divide it up. I think I want to say there's... 21 legs. Does that make sense? So everybody runs three times? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they're, you know, runner one 
has their designated three legs, runner two has their designated three legs and so on and so on. Um, so Seneca seven sort of has this like phenomenal effect where people want to run every single leg. So it takes you seven years if you want to do that. Yeah. So this is my first time doing it. And I know, you know, some people have preferences if they've done it before, you know, if I've done this leg already, I want to do a different leg or maybe they like that leg and they want to do it again. So we just sort of, um, our team was actually really great because a few of us had never done it before. So we're sort of like, okay, stick us with yeah, whatever, um, you know, thinking about doing Muddy Sneaker the day before. So I kind of went for a more conservative leg. <laughs> I was runner number two um, and my legs were 3.2 miles, which was relatively flat, um, 2.6 miles, which was, again, relatively flat and slightly downhill. And then my last leg was 4.6 miles. And my team graciously gave me the leg with a stretch of trail in it. Oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, Shay, do you want the trail leg? I'm like, I can't say no to that. Yeah. So it was it was really neat. It went through um like it's a state park there. Oh, that's cool. I did I don't think I knew that Seneca Seven had a trail section at all on it. Yeah. So that's it's cool. You it gives you like a connection from one road to, to another, is that right? Yeah, you go through um where the prison used to be and an abandoned um mental health facility that was shut down a few years ago oh, um creepy. and yeah it was super creepy <laughs> and at this point the teams were pretty staggered <laughs> so oh, yeah. i i didn't see any other runners um oh, so you turn off of like the parking lot down this little gravel access road and then you cut through the grass through a path okay and then you come down to another dead end road and i actually uh, met ron herkins there oh, he was yeah. getting set up to take some photos yeah. so uh, ron was the last human i saw for a couple miles <laughs> and great. it was it was getting a little creepy yeah. um you know there's these buildings with the roof caving in and it's eerily quiet yeah. and there's no like residences or cars or people um and I'm like, hopefully if someone does come up behind me, it's like a runner and not some <laughs> like mystic spirit from, yeah, from right. the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because when the prison, well, they made us do it still, but they would have runners wear vests. Oh, really? So if there was someone going through there without oh a vest, God. they knew that they weren't part of the race. Oh, and I think the instructions would say like, you know, don't talk to anyone. Right. <laughs> Crew yes. cars, don't pick anyone up. Um, so I don't think we had to worry about that much this year, but it was really pretty. And then that didn't last very long, maybe like a third of a mile. And okay. then you went out on a little um, like pathway, gravel paved path that went along the lake. And that was really pretty, mm -hmm. really scenic. Um, and that's kind of how my last leg ended. And it was really, really pleasant. Nice. And then there's like a reconnection point where like the final runner meets their team and everybody crosses the finish line together yeah so that's at the north end of seneca lake in geneva mm -hmm. and they've got the nice state park there so you wait for your runner to come into the park and then join them and we ran i i started my watch because i wanted to know <laughs> it was a uh, 0.13 ah, <laughs> we ran nice. our runner in oh, um, that's cool yeah so it was a really fun experience um you know leapfrogging yeah. getting to the different exchange points and different types of things. Um, one thing that I thought was really neat is we had one van with everybody in it. We had um, a wonderful man who was injured this year, so he drove for us. Okay. And uh, it was funny because at a, there, the seats were always filled, Yeah. but someone always missed part of the conversation. <laughs> so the runners would exchange and we'd start talking about something that happened and they're like, wait, what happened? And we're like, oh, that's right. You missed you that here. Yeah. That's funny. 
I think that's probably a perfect place for us to take a break because we were talking about a runner that was missing some of the story. So when we get back from our break, um, we will celebrate um, National Storytelling Day and we will each have a chance to tell maybe our favorite story um, within the trail running world or something that really um, we want to share. So we'll do that when we get back from the break. All right, we're back from the break. Um, before we left the break, we, we ended it as sort of um, talking about how today is National Storytelling Day. Um, and so we're going to kind of get into that on the second half here. We're each going to have a chance to share some stories. But I, I wanted to see, because you, Shay, you're a talker, right? When, when we're out, you, oh, yeah. you like to chat. Um, <laughs> yep. And I think the trail running offers a really cool opportunity for storytelling. So you have um, you know, there's Trail Runner Magazine, Ultra Runner Magazine. There's all these magazines that are telling stories of people. There's podcasts, a million podcasts, right? Oh, yeah. There's um, videos, YouTube videos. There's professional videos put on by some of the brands. But what, why, if I was going to say, like, why do you think storytelling is such a big part of this sport? Like, what would you say, like, why you think that is? I think it's because it lets people know what we do is possible. You know, if you meet a random person on the street and say, hey, do you think you could ever run 100 miles? Yeah. <laughs> they would say no. Right. But then you hear, you know, you take someone, average person, mm -hmm. average job, not, you know, mm -hmm. a superhero. And they say, oh, yeah, I've run 100 miles. And you, you've run 100 miles? What's that like? Yeah. Yeah. And they want to hear, you know, you want to hear what it's like. You know, hear the different areas where people do people do this, what the course is like, mm -hmm. what the experience is like, the highs and lows. And I think knowing that people make it through is also encouraging right. and yeah. it's inspiring. You know, maybe it's someone you know, maybe it's someone you don't know, but hearing their stories and hearing what they've been through, their process to getting to their goal, how things went, whether they achieved their goal, whether they didn't, what their next goal is gonna be. I think it just lets people know that this is out there and it's something you can do and it's fun, either type one or type two fun, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. either way, it makes for a good story. Yeah. I think it's um, like you said, when you try to, if you were to ask someone, Hey, do you think you could run a hundred miles? And they would just like, what are you trying sometimes to explain what we do to people that don't participate in it and don't have any um, a grasp of what it is. Sometimes it's hard. Um, but if you could show them like a video or, you know, send them uh, right. a story and then it sort of starts to make a little bit more sense. I think like, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Barkley marathons, but it's like wildly popular, mostly because of that Netflix movie that they put out before then it was like a niche event that a few people knew about. And then they told this story yes. and it was like, boom, everybody loved it. Like CNN was talking about it. Mm -hmm. ESPN picked it up. Like. It was like, look at this crazy story. And it was yeah. it was more about that than about the actual run, right? It was like, who are these people? What drives them? Where did this come from? Like all the whole background to it. So Yeah, and the background of the Barclays is a very neat story, story and itself, yeah. How that originated to what it is today. And it has gotten quite popular in its yeah. own way. Yeah. I think like so storytelling when it comes to trail running to me. It, it feels almost like um, like primal. Like you think about you're on these oftentimes historic footpaths that generations on generations of people have traversed. And you think about 
when we're out there just talking and and knowing that that's been happening since we've been around like hey we have to go from here to there and it's a lot more fun if we talk right like yeah and i think that that's like going back to earlier in our conversation about community and like trail running as kind of a i don't know like a bringing together of community i guess and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast um but just in general that you meet people that you wouldn't necessarily meet otherwise and then you end up hearing their stories because what else are you going to do like yeah. we're going right. for this two or three hour run and on a saturday morning so we're going to chat with each other and sometimes that can be um like you get closer to people i feel like running yeah. than in real life almost yeah I love to see people come out of their shell. So next week we're going to talk with Todd Beverly and Todd is like a great story of this is that he used to, for, for years, he would run in the group. He would not talk at all, but he would laugh at the jokes and I would hear him back there. He had such a unique laugh. He would be like, and I'm like, Todd's back there and he's listening to everything. And it was just, you know, and then eventually he was like, started telling the jokes and telling the stories. And I was like, it's such a neat thing to see. Like we really get to know people, right? Mm -hmm. Like how many hours are you going to run to train for a hundred miler or even, even just a regular, regular trail race, right? Yeah. You're you're out there unless you're hammering miles, you're talking. Absolutely. And even the people that are hammering miles, you know, there's still days where you're going out for your long, slow run. So you're going to potentially be with people. Are you a run with people, Shay, or are you a run by yourself kind of a person? I'm very much a run with people. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the last time I did a real long run by myself. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. usually, you know, I people ask me about training for races, and I say I usually just find a friend who's training for something similar yeah. and join them <laughs> on all their training runs. Yeah. I do whatever their plan calls for, and hopefully it'll prepare me for my race as well. Yeah. And we have, I mean, we're so lucky here that we have such a big community of runners that I feel like there's really no shortage of people to run with if you are looking, you know, like if that's your thing and you just want people to run with, I feel like it's not hard to find once you know where to look, especially. And once you start to get to know people. Absolutely. And it's almost to the point where there's too many options. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Oh gosh, what am I going to do Monday? What am I going to do Wednesday? There's so many things to choose from. Well, if I do this, I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there is a like you said, there's no shortage of, I think there's a group run every night of the week if you want there to be. Oh, yeah. I think every night has something going on. So, Um, And then even those long runs, like you could start, like say you wanted to do like the the Sunday morning Trails Rock run, but you know you had to get in a ton of miles. So like, and you like being with people, but you got to do 15 miles and they're only going to do five. You're like, well, I could do five miles before the group starts if I want. And then I can have all this fresh energy with the group. And then I can finish yeah. up and inevitably somebody from that group is going to be like, going, oh my oh, God, yeah. you're doing <laughs> more? I'll go with you. How many? Okay. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've had company for almost the entire run when before you would have maybe not had any. So the, the group runs are cool for that. And it really that. clicks those miles off, especially if you have to do a long run. Absolutely. Like having people to talk to and hear yeah. and take turns telling stories. Yeah. So let's talk about stories. Um, we wanted to take a minute to sort of... Um, Tell our favorite trail running story, if, if, if it's even possible to, to pick just one after all these years of 
of being out and about. And um, so why don't we do, um, each of us will have a, a short a story. I'll keep mine short based on how much time we have available. So why don't we start with Sheila oh, and then we'll do Shay in the middle <laughs> and then I'll tell a story and hopefully none of us pick the same story. We should, there's so many, there's millions of stories. I was just going to say, so there's so many and it, I'm a horrible I was gonna decision say, maker. If you, but if you had to pick one, you're like, <laughs> someone says, why do you love trail running? Tell me a story about why you love trail running. What is it? Um, so I guess maybe for me, it would be the year that we did run them all, hike them all down in Latworth. Um, so we were actually supposed to be going on like this huge cross country road trip and it's a long story, but plans fell through, but we both had taken time off and had planned to do something. And, um, so we decided we had talked about it for years that we were going to do every single trail in Letchworth. Um, but we were just going down and doing like one or two yeah. inside. And, and initially we were just going to, so we said, we're just going to camp in Letchworth because we have the week right. available. And we love to camp. And so we put together a schedule. Like we had a morning an afternoon and an evening run or hike. Mm -hmm. Um, and we put the schedule out online and just said, Hey, we're going to be there if anybody wants to come down. And we ended up, I don't know if we did any runs or hikes by ourselves. No, no. I think yeah. every single one we had at least one or It was two like people. 109 miles over the course of the week. And we never did a step without company. Without company. Yeah. Um, we ended up meeting Scott Parr mm -hmm. and his girlfriend at the time and now wife, Tori, who are really good friends of ours now. But like, we didn't know them at all. This random guy yes, Scott, Scott came to a run in Whiting Road. I remember it specifically, right? Yep. And he heard us talk about it. And then that night I got an email from him saying, Hey, I want to do that thing with you guys. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so he and I was camped. like, who's this again? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just funny how, you know, like we were so disappointed initially that this trip that we were supposed to take had fallen through. And then it turned out to be such a great week. Um, it was very challenging by the end of the week like i think everybody was kind of tired and sore you know that's oh, a yeah. lot of miles to put in <laughs> um especially if you which we really hadn't been doing like a ton of miles at the time so you know over 100 miles um was a lot but it was also really fun and just hanging out with all these different people yeah. and some people brought dinner on yeah. different nights so like we had didn't have to cook every night. Some people just showed up with food. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, that is. It was, it we was, we had really like fun. Charles Rock signs out front of our campsite. People were like, what's that? I'm like, let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> it was go. just, it was a really fun week. So I would say that that has to be, I mean, it was like, again, going back to this idea of community, it was just a very community oriented week. Um, playing in the woods, being yeah. ready. So that sounds like a blast. And that yeah. is where Manny on the Jenny was born. Yes. So when we came back and we had the map and we were checking off, all, all I think the, you were highlighting everything all we, the did. Trails we did. And I was like, can we make a race somehow out of that? And you were like looking at the map and you just sort of penciled in a route yeah. that went all the way around. Oh, and you're like, this would work. And I was like, let's go measure that. Yeah. Well, and there's just so many cool trails down there. I mean, there was stuff that neither of us had even ever yeah. been on and we grew up both of us going to the park. So, um, yeah, I think, seeing all of the trails and like coming off of this i don't know like runner's high of the week of fun mm -hmm. we both were like oh my god this would be so cool and it is oh absolutely we're, i mean we're a little biased but that you know. i scott and i got lost on the knife edge trail 
that sometimes people still accidentally take at many on the Jenny. It's not a trail. There are signs everywhere that are like, yeah. do not go this way. And it's like this really it like dangerous downhill to the river. And we're going down and down and down. And I'm like, this is <laughs> weird. And we got all the way down to the river. And I go, I think we're in the wrong spot, Scott. He's like, well, let's just keep going. And I was like, well, this is the river. And I was like, I think we have to go back up. And he's like, he told me we got to go back up. And I'm like, oh, we got to go back up. <laughs> Yeah, so that Speaking was. Speaking of adventure, that's what races. we got because we because yeah, right. that was a segment you and Tori were hiking in, and I was yes. like, Scott and I were gonna go running out and back, yeah. to get some more miles in, and yep. then we got lost. Womp womp. <laughs> so, so all right, Shay, what about you? What do you think? If you just trying to pick one, there's so many stories to choose from. I think one of my personal favorite stories was when I ran Twisted Branch in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and like the first time I ran Twisted Branch in 2017, it was my longest ultra. I think my longest before that year was a 50 K and I did many on the Jenny earlier that year to prepare for it. And so, mm -hmm. you know, 2017, you know, I was a little, little bougie. I had, you know, crew and pacers and everything, <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I signed up to do it again in 2021 because I wanted to try to do better than my previous time. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm going to camp. Didn't have any crew lined up. Didn't have any pacers lined up. I, you know, I had my drop bags. I had my own gear yeah. and that's how I was going to run the race. And so, you know, it started out really fine, fun, fun trail race, ch challenging, but fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting, you know, farther along the course and, you know, you're about 20 miles in and people are starting to spread out. You don't have as much company on the trails. Right. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have tried to get a pacer. That would have been nice, but I'll be fine. <laughs> so I get to, I think it's the lab at mile 27. Mm -hmm. And um, my friend Olga was there volunteering. Yeah. And I just sort of casually mentioned, Olga, you wouldn't want to pace me, would you? <laughs> <laughs> and Olga turns to her now fiance, John, who's there volunteering with you. What do you think? You think I could pace her? And I said, yeah, we're going to be here all day anyway. Yeah. And the funny part about that is they weren't even supposed to be there that weekend. They had oh, planned really? on going to the Adirondacks, but the weather changed their plans. So they See? decided to come down and volunteer. Plans fall through and good things happen. Exactly. And she <laughs> didn't have any of her trail running gear. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I have a drop bag at Bud Valley with a change of clothes in it that I'm not going to want. That's grab hilarious. my drop bag. You yeah. can use my clothes. She grabbed my clothes. Someone else let her borrow a hydration vest. Oh my I think she had like road shoes on. I don't think she had trail Trails. shoes, um, but she picked me up at Bud Valley and I did have one pacer lined up. Clem volunteered to pace okay. me from Urbana to the finish that last, that um, last six ish stretch. miles. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do that together because we'd kind of bonded over trail running and he wanted to be there for me for that. Yeah. So, um, we, I picked up Olga at Bud Valley. She managed That's to so get dressed in, in clothes and gear that she'd found and enough yeah. to put together a trail runner to pace me for 20 miles. And it. it was just such a, it's like getting new wind in your sails yeah. to have a pacer. And Olga is so wonderful. If you want to reach a goal, Mm -hmm. recruit Olga. She, yeah. she does she's not here. let you fail. Yeah. And she was just so And she positive. does it in this, I was going to say a positive way. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's just like, okay, see, See that runner up there? We're going to catch we're gonna him. Get him. Yeah. And she just says it and you do it and you don't question it. Okay, we're going to catch him. Got and it. we did it. Yeah. And I, my goal, this is when the Western States qualifying time was 19 hours. Right. And my goal was to get in under 19 hours. Mm -hmm. And um, so we 
we were starting to pick up speed. We were going a little bit faster and yeah. the stretch of trail from Mitchellsville to Urbana. I love that stretch of trail. It's one of my favorite stretches of the whole race and it's not super technical. It's not super hilly. Mm -hmm. It's um, a pretty common hiking path down there. It's mm -hmm. about three miles long and it's next to the ravine and it's dark out at this point. We were running by headlamp, um, but we just got to that section. I like, I love this section. You know, I'm going to speed up a little bit. So I sp sped up a little bit and we kind of caught Clem by surprise. He wasn't expecting oh, he wasn't us to ready. come in. <laughs> so we pull into, we get into Urbana and I'm there at the aid station thinking about what I need. And Olga's like, where's your pacer? Oh no. <laughs> and he was in his car getting his vest like and getting everything out. ready. No, he, he didn't realize I was going to be <laughs> too that soon. Quick. So he, it didn't take him long to get ready. And we started up the trail and, and then I had Clem's fresh energy to keep me going. Yeah. And, and we, did really well in that section too. And it got to the point where I'm looking at my watch and I got to, I know the trail really well from doing the race and just running down there. Right. And I got to the point where the, uh, I think it's a Trillium trail, the blue trail comes out mm -hmm. to the road. And I know there's the one last stretch with the switchbacks down to the road. Yeah. And I looked at my watch and I said, Clem, we're going to make it. <laughs> and I went for it and I just started running and I'm tearing down the switchbacks and yeah. hooting and Clem's coming behind me and, you know, running, moving line, out you of our see, way. You yeah. can see the headlamps yeah, zigzagging on that little trail. Yeah. And I'm trying to encourage everyone. Come on guys, we can get it. Yeah. We've got five minutes. So <laughs> I think my official time was like 1858. So oh my gosh, that's I, awesome. I made my goal and it was just one of those magical moments yeah. and just the way the day started and the way the day went and the way the day ended wasn't, right. it was better than I imagined it could have been. Which is what you want, right? Like, yeah. That's exactly how you want it to go. I mean, as if finishing 100K is not <laughs> magical enough, then to meet your goals and have all this extra time on the trail with friends is pretty sweet. Absolutely. And one thing I love about Twisted Branch is it's our people. Like right. I yeah. knew everyone at the aid stations. Right. right. Yeah. You know, it's like going and seeing your friends and my, you know, as you mentioned, I like to talk and <laughs> I have to try to make sure I don't spend too much time chatting. Hanging out in seasons, yeah, I yeah. have to, you know, try to stay focused on. You're like, meet me at, at 19 hours at the finish line so we can talk. Yeah, like go to the finish, we'll chat there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some people are good about, okay, Shay, you've been sitting for a few minutes. Let's, you gotta let's go. get you moving. Yeah. Um, and other people are just as happy to see you as you are to see them. Right. And yeah. So you got to kind of keep that motivation going. Yeah. But that's another good thing about having a pacer because that's kind of where they pick Their up job. Yeah. yeah like okay time to get go. moving there you've got fresh legs and fresh energy and right keep you going through the trail so cool that's cool yeah yeah that's a good story thanks <laughs> um i think it's like every each of you had said it's like it's so hard to choose like your favorite running story so like i i probably would defer also to the run them all hike them all that we did as a as a favorite but i also um have a, a favorite memory from a run that we did in the Adirondacks. It was like 2014, maybe 2015. Um, they had, there's a, a waterfall called okay slip falls and there was no trail and they, I think you found it that they were building a new trail to this, this waterfall there. It's the highest waterfall in the Adirondacks. And I was like, let's go do that. And it's only like three miles. Mm -hmm. uh, but nobody knew about it yet. Like other than it people that were really like new... really looking for something to do. I think it had been a trail at one point. Yeah. And it just kind I think of it was like unofficial. Yeah. yeah. And so we went out there, we parked, nobody was there. We had the dog with us and we just ran. It, it was and, a really nice trail. Yeah. It was, like and a it's, perfect not, running trail. it's not your typical Adirondack trail mm -hmm. that is like up and down and rocks. And it was like, just, 
a trail and we ran and we got to this waterfall that like this beautiful overlook of this waterfall and it was just us and the dog and the dog yeah and we had that whole space to ourselves on like you know a summer morning and it was like perfect mm-hmm. um and it's like kind of like the perfect description of like if i was going to say what would be like the best trail run you could do like describe your perfect trail run it's like oh runnable trail that goes to a beautiful destination with people that you care about it's like well that was that day you know <laughs> and we you know we ended up um going down to the river and uh, soaking for a little while down there and then hiked back trail that was very sketchy yeah and then hiked back (laughs) up and then ran back to the car so we got like six and a half seven miles over the course of that run so it wasn't even like some epic thing it was just Mm -hmm. awesome so yeah that's mine that's a good story yeah good times yeah but it's hard to pick just one there's there's a lot of stories so if you want to hear more you've got to come and run with all of us. Uh, Halloween oh, yeah. will tell our haunted campsite. Story. Oh yeah. Ooh, That's a great one. That was nuts. So, all right. So I think unless there's anything else we want to get to, we can wrap up storytelling day. Mm-hmm. You want to hear stories. You got to hear them in person moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> so um, coming up next though. Um, so Medved Madness is the next race in the trail runner of the year series. Will you be there, Shay? I will be there. We will be there as well. I had registered to run, but unfortunately have had, had surgery again. So no you, running for me till are you this racing? June. I am not racing, but I will be there. I'm doing breakneck the day before. Oh, okay. so you'll be in recovery mode. Yes. Yeah, so I, okay. I've got to reach out about volunteering and see if they need people. Yeah. It's, it's such a fun race. It's, it's the energy. And, yeah. It's another and good barbecue community afterwards. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And when they get nice weather, that is one of the best post-race hangouts. hangouts oh, absolutely. It's just everybody's just there just yeah. hanging out dogs are running around kids are running around it's it's really cool so i'm excited about that um so that's coming up um registration for all of our races is open but mafamidal in june is our next trails rock race and that's a six hour uh looped course in durand and so that registration is open so get in on that and then um this weekend for us is a cool event we're having a little baby shower <laughs> Yay. So we are having a group run at 10 a.m. at Olaka Creek Park if anybody wants to participate. And then we'll have... <laughs> neither of us will be running. Neither of us are running, but the, the community will lead some group runs and we will have cake at the lodge afterwards yeah. for anybody that comes to run. So um, you can take a chance to predict when you think the kids will get here. Kids, we're having two. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Crazy times. Yeah. So that's that. Next week, um, we're talking with Todd Beverly about all things trail building related. So yeah. I'm excited about that. We'll see if we can get Todd to tell us a story or two. <laughs> Todd's got so some good well. stories. Like Todd you does. said, he's quiet, but once you once you get him going, he's got some good he's, stories. Yeah. And great jokes, too. Yeah. So yes. hopefully we get some Todd jokes next week. Fingers so, crossed. All right. Until that, Shay, thanks so much for yeah, coming. Thank you, Shay. Um, I can't wait to continue to tell stories with you as we as I get back to running eventually. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks so. for having me. All right, that's it for this week. See ya. Adios. Sounds Oh, my God.
Subscribe. <laughs>